0: Uh, Welcome back to Level Up, the place where we get to dig deeper into messages, uh, things going on in our church, in our community, and I guess whatever we want to or whatever you guys ask. Uh, So this past week we talked about uh, the Israelites, they just finished building the wall, and it was time to celebrate. Uh, but Then we also got into why it was important to, uh, while celebrating, not give up on the work and not to back off on that. So tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, they had been at this for years, right? And they had been uh, out of the area for, I, I believe, all told from the time that the Northern Kingdom got exiled to this point in time of the celebration. I think it's 141 years. So, like, it's been a minute. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to celebrate there. They had rebuilt the altar. They'd rebuilt the temple. They'd finished rebuilding the, the wall, obviously, in Nehemiah. And then this is on the heels of chapters you know, eight and nine, where they're restoring the covenant. The people are signing a document saying, hey, we're ready to go, we wanna be back under this, we're gonna live under the law, all of those things. And so there's this great big moment of celebration. We see choirs diverge uh, in opposite directions on the wall, come together and, and it's this big to do. And you'd think after all of that effort, um, and I think a lot of us can relate personally or maybe organizationally. Absolutely. When you reach these high points, these crescendo moments, that the tendency can be, well, and you just kinda, Well, yeah, I mean, the right? job is
0: done. Why would you keep pushing when the job is done?
1: Yeah, except for, <laughs> we see an example here at the close of chapter 12 and at the beginning of chapter 13, where they keep pressing on, right? And it's an important thing to do, because I, I, you know, I can think about things in my own life. And I even made a joke about a drywall project sort of falling into this camp, but in all different organizations you, you see, I've read about it, you see different examples of it where people stop and it, it stops moving forward. And then inevitably apathy, sort of falls in, again, whether it's a personal apathy or an organizational apathy. Hey, we've reached the moment, right? And we stop as an organization doing the things that got us to that point. And then the apathy turns into usually going backwards. So we've put in all of this effort. Churches especially find themselves in that. I mean, You know whether or not lscc did in its history or not plenty of other churches have they 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 start as a thing in a basement or in a garage or a living room right and they grow into this church whatever size that might be in the hundreds or thousands and they build a building and they build another building and then a lot of times they get into this building uh and they kind of put it on cruise control well
0: they get comfortable that's the thing they've reached the goals and they've
1: there and then what you see usually again would be a leveling off or what i called apathy right you just sort of mm-hmm. t- taper off and tread water and then you usually see decline
0: well yeah because little those things that you did to push yourself forward uh, slowly become well you don't really have to push forward anymore yeah because we've arrived yeah we're we've here. arrived so those little things that you kept doing are really easy just like well it's not really important now. I don't really have to push that now, so I can make that wait.
1: Well, and but funny enough, I think you actually saw it on my whiteboard. One of my original sermon titles for this week was "We Haven't Arrived," um, or, or something to that effect, because we have to stay vigilant. We, we haven't arrived. We, we haven't reached mm-hmm. the same point that Paul did at the end of his ministry, where he said. I've ran the race. Well, right. He was
0: about to arrive. He was at the very yeah. end of
1: his life. So, so, but we're not there yet, yeah. organizationally or individually. And, and so, I thought that was an important thing to point out. We didn't really cover that the week, uh, two weeks before, uh, when we went through chapter twelve, because we focused on the energy and we focused on mm-hmm. the celebration. And so, I thought that was a nice jumping off point to just, just make, um. Make a critical distinction there that, that that this is this huge high moment in the history of uh, of this of these people.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, one that was going to carry them forward until the time of Christ, and yet even in that moment, that they were still sort of pressing on, that there was still work to be done, that they hadn't arrived.
0: Mm-hmm. So. so, Ian, I think the important thing to notice it's not that the end goal was just to have the temple built or just yep. to arrive at this point it's the goal of there is no goal i guess yeah. is my point it's a direction yeah. where i mean there's a history of going back and forth in their faith from god and um now that it's not the like i said the point isn't going towards the temple but it's getting closer and closer um you know to god and going down that path so um, some of the things that we've seen were the israelites taking on other gods or even just a, just ignoring God, um, so I think it, what we're going to see here is Nehemiah um, pushing against some of the things that are going to be, uh, or at least have the potential to remove the Israelites from the faith of God. That they're just now solidifying, uh, but that a conflict.
1: Yeah. So what so what happens in the story is there's this crescendo moment. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah appoints various leaders and, and whatnot, and then Nehemiah has to go back to Persia. And it's unclear how long that he was back there, but depending on what, what, what resource you look at, a year and a half, and some even say 10 or 12 years. So he had been there for 12 and then was gone for a while, right? And so we see exactly what we just talked about happen, where they they arrive, and then there's sort of this stagnation, and then we see this decline or sort of backsliding, we might say, in you know, Christian backsliding or whatnot. There's this backsliding. Nehemiah comes back and he's he's seen how far they had dropped back off compared to the law, compared to the covenant, and we're at this moment of confrontation of conflict and, and and then this past week we covered there's four there's four areas of conflict four areas of correction and this past week we just covered the one but nehemiah has a choice to make there too and we find ourselves in that leadership in the church leadership in our family our organizations or workplaces or or individually when we're interacting as brothers and sisters in Christ. When we see something that's uh, sinful, if I saw something that was sinful in your life, there's a conflict point mm-hmm. there. Am I willing to step in and say, hey, Walter, you're going the wrong way on this thing. Here, here's what I'm seeing or, or whatever. Or like is most cases, because I, I talked about Sunday with it, We're we're so conflict averse, mm-hmm. right? Usually we'll just... We'll just kind of, you know, turn, turn, our, turn our eye from it. And, you know, well, I, I, I'm not going to say yeah. anything about
0: it. Walter will figure it out. See, I think there's a twofold thing there, but I'm going to put a pin in that and come back to it um, about why we can avoid conflict. But first, like, what, like, what's the purpose, like the real purpose behind conflict? Obviously, it's not, Nehemiah, when he's confronting these things, he's not just trying to be a jerk about it. No. Like, There's a real purpose. Um, for me, the word that keeps popping into mind is progression, Yeah. because yeah. they're not like we said their their end goal isn't the temple or the wall or the fill in the blank. It's a direction. So, you no.
1: Know, so the the big fancy <clears throat> ten cent Christian word for this would be sanctification, right? And so sanctification just means that we're progressively living a life that is more and more Christ like mm-hmm. um, in our minds and our actions, and so. They had reached the point in the Israelite history where there's this up and down, up and down, up and down, right. And so they had had this kind of flag planting moment, re-signed the covenant. They're they're under the law again. And so you're right. They're they're on this new path, and they've resolved to do that as a nation, as the remnant that remained from you know historical Israel. And we find ourselves in the same in the same place in that way, once we become Christ followers, then it's we, we can't just put it in park. We can't just coast. And it's not because we're working for our salvation. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about we're working out our salvation, meaning that this changed life uh, Going from old to new creation, we're going to be living a life that's progressively more and more like Jesus. Uh, in the way that he would interact and, and and operate and and do all of those things. That's what we're after. And it's called sanctification. And so that's the purpose behind it. It's not just Nehemiah coming back and saying, bad, Walter, you know, <laughs> bad people. Yeah, there's that, but the, the purpose is. To reorient back. Yeah.
0: it wasn't in a sense of self-righteousness, it was in no. a sense of moving them towards, you know, godly living.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so the conflict thing can be difficult because there's this notion, and there obviously there's some biblical precedent for it, but there's this notion that we're supposed to be peacemakers. And yes, it, it says that. We're supposed to be peacemakers and yet that doesn't imply that we're supposed to be like pacifists because the Bible also talks a great deal about iron sharpening iron and, yep. and a refining process. Well, all of that stuff is pretty rough and volatile, but what, the peacemaking part, really we could talk about unity at the end of it. Exactly. So there's this rubbing right? There's this conflict, confrontation, or correction in this case, with the end goal of being unified. And then we should ask, unified in what? Unified under what? Well, for them, unified under the law, uh, for us, unified in Christ as the body of Christ.
0: Yep. And that's exactly what, um, where I wanted to head when I said I was going to put a pin in that yeah. thought, because I think we get the um, we feel like being peacekeepers is. I don't want to upset Corey. I don't want to upset so and so. But that's not really keeping the peace. That's more keep kicking the can down the road. Exactly. Um, but I think it's important to mention that, <clears throat> or to remember. You know, conflict in the short term, when it moves towards progression and being Christ-like, I mean that does bring about unity and peace in yeah. the end. Because otherwise, I mean, it could be anything. I mean, if Nehemiah were to let these things fester. And let these outside influences come in and then people's faith switches switch from you know from Yahweh from God into ball or fill in the blank with any other God. Well slowly that avoiding that conflict will be peace <laughs> in the short term if you want, but it's gonna explode yeah. in like many other ways down the road. Exactly.
1: So. Yeah. And um I, we have this notion of what of what peacemaking is or or The interesting thing is, and we talked about this in our Men's Bible study last week, or two weeks ago or something, um, there's this this interaction between Paul and Barnabas um, and John Mark that happens. And there's this contention or confrontation between Paul and Barnabas as it relates to John Mark, so much so that on the second missionary journey, Paul said, I don't want John Mark to go with me, right? And and Barnabas was put off by this, and it ends up that, that John Mark goes with Barnabas and Paul. They go in a separate direction, which in terms of the gospel was great because it spread mm-hmm. into two different areas instead of the whole group of them going into one. But, but when for you're those re- two to yeah. split,
0: there had to have been some like, yeah, real it, butt in the heads yeah. there.
1: And when you read this in Acts, it's a little off-putting at first because it doesn't seem very Christ-like, right? I thought we're supposed to be peacemakers and all this stuff. But the funny thing is, and how it resolves later on in Acts, or not in Acts, well in Acts, but Paul's writing later on in his life, at the very end of his life, talking about how important Barnabas or John Mark was to his ministry, Paul's ministry. Mm -hmm. So it had gone from essentially, I don't like you. I don't want to travel with you anymore to fast forward years later to him saying, you were really important to my ministry. You were really important to the ministry of Christ. And so what looks like conflict and harsh conflict in one place resolved itself over time. So Paul didn't kick the can down the road, and who knows what all the details are there, right? But it resolved itself over time. And I think we have to take what Nehemiah does here, and we'll talk about this again this next week. Because there's these four uh, encounters, four conflicts, and four corrective actions that Nehemiah takes. We just talked about one, um, but he's he's taking action um, to resolve it as immediately as possible to to not let it linger. And I think, you know, in, in his mind. Uh, and, and obviously in Paul's to go back to that example, that was the that was the best solution at the time and it did it did have conflict in it but you know we got to believe that God's working those things out for good and had Nehemiah not taken the steps that he uh, took there, as you mentioned, who who knows what happens and that that kind of stuff can
0: deteriorate very quickly. Well, the thing is, we've seen that exact thing play out time and time again in the Israelites history. And it's, it's good to see an example of what happens when you don't take your foot off the gas. And even though they have an opportunity to sit back, relax and coast, they don't. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's an interesting way to, um, to end, you know, we've got, we had We're going to kind of end Nehemiah with three messages, two messages on kind of the highs and the lows of leadership, so last week and this coming week, and then then that final week we'll sort of resolve it in a little higher way. We're going to talk about those, you know, oh God, remember me Mm -hmm. statements with sort of the thought process being um, how we all want to be at the end of our lives hearing the words, you know, well done good and mm-hmm. faithful servant. And that was Nehemiah's version of that, oh, God, remember me. So, But this next week, we'll, we'll flesh out the, the final three conflicts. And there's certainly some more takeaways there uh, and what that meant to them and then what that means for us, even in the church today.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to be an important lesson on how to handle conflict in a way that's... Um, I mean, we've all seen conflict done poorly, uh, but how we can handle conflict uh, well um, and also how we can accept conflict as well yeah. uh, when we're being corrected and how to see that as um, a part of the process of sanctification. Because yeah. it's, uh, I mean, that's the, the beautiful and sometimes uncomfortable thing sure. about the body of Christ yeah. is we're doing this together. Like I'm the sanctification process isn't solo. I mean, it's the Spirit working through me and with you and working together. Yeah. Um, and well, well, I,
1: We have to have that expectation that, that within our church body, so, Lake Superior Christian Church, in our mm-hmm. case, that we're doing that uh, within our congregation and, and those that would call LSCC home. This is where, you know, I go to church. This is my church family. And then, of course, individually, like you just said, that iron is sharpening iron and um, that, yes, there's friction. Yep. <laughs> and yet the, the, the outcome of it, it is intended to be a positive one, one of growth.
0: So yeah, we say every week, love God, love others, be the church. church. Love others, be the church. Well, that's conflict. So yeah, yeah. search out some conflict yeah. this week. I'm kidding. Don't <laughs> no, search it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a good spot to uh, jump off for the week. Um, but we want to hear from you. If you have questions that you want to answer it on, level up. Uh, hit, the, hit up the email in the comments or leave us a comment. Um, if you have thoughts on what we can do to improve, we're still learning this process as well, but we wanna serve you well and make something that's gonna be enjoy- enjoyable and beneficial for you as well. Uh, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, uh, hit the like button, leave a rating. Um, it's actually been really cool to see how much traction we've gotten yeah. with this so quickly, uh, but we wanna see that grow. So do that, and until next time, we'll see you later.